0: Welcome to Today in Space. We're back for another episode on the All Things Space Science Podcast. I'm your host, Alex G. Orfanos from the East Coast. And today we have a very special opportunity where we get to talk to uh, one of the folks behind Space Hero, which is this competition globally where you might actually have the chance to go to space. So we have one of the co-CEOs, Thomas Rimer. Welcome, Thomas. How are you?
1: I'm very well. Thank you, Alex. I'm happy to be
0: here. Awesome. So let's get started. What I like to do uh, whenever we have folks on the podcast is kind of break down your origin story, you know, uh, what you're doing today, especially now that it relates to space, um, bring us through that. Let's spend five to 10 minutes and take us from your early childhood memories of what got you into what you're doing, and then how you met Deborah and started Space Hero.
1: So I used to watch a lot of television when I was a kid. I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah. Maybe you're too young, but television at the time was really the only uh, source of outside entertainment in the absence mm. of gaming and you know any other video stories right. right? So um, uh, Bugs Bunny, all the stuff was really uh, my uh, on my cards, and it never left me somehow because. Um, I grew up in East Germany, right, which was behind the Iron Curtain. When the wall came down, I was 18, and I was very happy never looking back because, uh, you know, we experienced the ultimate freedom, at least for a couple of years. And when you're 18 and young and you're interested in all sorts of stuff, then uh, it was like the perfect timing, right? Mm. Um, I went on to study history and politics because I was very interested in these things. But uh, needless to say that I never worked in those fields. Um, because uh, the entertainment industry really sucked me in, right? I managed a band uh, successfully. I had a club in Berlin, a music club, hip hop, the Lucky Strike. It was insane two years. Oh, wow. What uh, year was that? uh, 1996 to 1998, yeah. And, um, yeah, we had, I mean, we were the people bringing Keras one you know, Earth, Wind & Fire, Jamiroquai, Massive Attack, all these people. (sighs) Uh, to uh, Berlin for the first time. Oh, and um, it was uh, quite, the, quite, the, quite the experience for me as a young man because I was only like 26, right? And um, loved it. And then, you know, I went on the international trajectory. I picked up um, a study with Paul McCartney School in Liverpool, the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts mm. uh, in the Nords. And uh, he has built something of a fame school there. I don't remember the movie Fame. Uh, where you can study you know um to become a musician uh, sound tech acting um stage design lightning design but also management and so you ended I ended up in this little class of people whose mentors were the managers of the dire Straits of Duran Duran the happy Mondays and you like in a uh, rock royalty like yeah <laughs> and um it was great because uh, i never had built up an international network which i did then and then in 2003 when when i was finished i set up my first uh, international company called artists first Mm. it was the first e-commerce platform for artists we had clients like prince and george clinton and we sold the company uh, three years later to sir bob Geldof, which was an event in itself i can tell you Mm. and after that really uh, i had done music i had done live entertainment I had done technology and platforms, and I was really looking into the next thing to disrupt. And that was television at the time because YouTube came on the market 2006. And um, I devised one of the first web series that we had here in Germany called Big Fish, Little Fish. We sold it to MTV, great little deal, but I had a hunger for more and um, devised the concept for an international girl group called The Bricks. So you think the Spice Girls, but uh, from yeah. five different countries. Oh. And while, while we were doing all of the preparation for this, right, looking into time zone based voting, looking into mm. mobile video already at the time, 2007, 2008, um, uh, I happened to, you know, travel around those countries to talk to TV and media marketing executives. And one of those countries that I came to was Russia. Mm. And, uh, you know, we have difficulties with Russia, it's all clear. But at the time, it was a different country. And um, so at least we thought, right? And uh, so I had this meeting with this boss of Channel One, which is like the top uh, TV station in Russia. And when I pitched this girl group, uh, you know, he loved it. And he said, you know, I have something that I always wanted to do, but I never knew how. And I asked him, what is it? And he's like, I uh, always wanted to send somebody to the ISS on Mm. a Russian spacecraft, right? but never knew how to give away this ticket to a global audience. But because of my structure uh, and the stuff that I had invented for the bricks, he was like, let's partner up, let's do this together. And that's what we did. We partnered up for a while, uh, but uh, there was no ticket to the ISS. At the time, NASA had grounded all the shuttles and needed uh, to fly with Roscosmos, and had bought up all the seats to do all the resupply missions. Uh, and so there was no tourist possibility there, right? So we shelved it, put it back uh, to solve the partnership. And that was that for a while. I moved uh, to another place um, to do a platform, music, media, games, and ebooks little business with Sony and Universal. Mm-hmm. And I sold that as well in 2015. And then somebody called me from the years before and said, look, SpaceX is coming onto the market. You should pick up uh, Space Hero again because this time there might be a chance with the first yeah. private launch arriving right okay what what year was this you got that call 2015 ah so we've moved through my life now in uh, very speedy steps yes <laughs> uh, although it's full of stuff right and uh, but by the time right i already thought huh you know do you want to really reheat this first love that you had or not and right. certainly you don't want to do the, the same way you did it the first time around right so right. I thought the changes there must be changes so why is this coming back obviously I'm just like a messenger for right. this thing it must happen somehow right and do you want to do it for what reason and the reason clearly at this time wasn't you know egoistical nature when you want to become the biggest producer on the planet but you think okay impact Mm. Impact is the critical thing here and um, you cannot create this impact alone. So I'm like, I'm going to look for a partner that I can do this with. And BAM, first thought uh, that came to mind was Debs. Debs and I, we go back 23 years. We've been friends for like a quarter of a century. All right. And uh, yeah, we went, uh, you know, the same circuits, entertainment, media platforms, technology, this kind of thing. Uh, conferences you know i always appreciated her uh, she's so fearless right and um, I- international outlook uh, brilliantly entertaining um, you know witty and strong and uh, i'm like she she's the partner so i called her and i said Debs, you know uh, i want you to um, help me launch uh, this thing called space hero so She says, What is it? I'm like, um, We're giving away the biggest prize ever, and um, it's a um, you know, space flight to the ISS. And she's like, fuck Me, sorry if I can say this, you're <laughs> no, you're good. good. <laughs> she's like, You know, fuck me, sign me up, I'm in. I've just got one question. And I'm like, What is it? And she's like, What's the ISS? And so, you know, what happens, right, is that um. It pinpointed what you know we were really up against because yeah. we essentially had no clue about space and the space industry. We always approached it from um, beca- coming from the media entertainment aspect, right? You understand that if something is really expensive, it creates big attention, mm-hmm. okay? And That's actually ultimately what you want in the entertainment industry. But Debs's question, you know, really raised um, the big point: is like, you know, what do we do differently from? The people that have tried this before because certainly right. it's not our idea right um you know people 23 years ago tried to do survivor in space you know there mm. were attempts from virgin galactic to do you know shows in space and all this
0: mars it never
1: really worked yep. mars won the big disaster where they also ripped off people right yep. and those examples were always our anti-examples right we were right. like we will never be like this we will never over promise under deliver mm. we will only come out when we have a mission Right. Mm. And somehow the lesson must be that even if you have money, it doesn't matter that you can get a ride. You have to make the space industry your stakeholder, your supporter. You have to give them a win situation, right? So that they also see the benefit of what you're doing. And then Deb said, we must uh, learn about the space industry and in, 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 uh, integrate ourselves with the industry, and then we can succeed. And so, you know, lo and behold, we Googled uh, space conferences and the first conference that came up was uh, New Space Europe at the time in Luxembourg, a very, you know, relatively small event. And then we wrote to all the 218 participants and we got meetings with all of them because we were interesting, right? Coming from a very different background. And believe it or not, we have excellent relationships with all 218 still. And, uh, you know, that's like four years ago uh, because the industry, as you know, Alex, is very small and uh, you always run into the same people. Yeah, that was our starting and that was part of my life.
0: Wow. Thank, Thank you for sharing that. Now a word from our sponsor. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a disturbance in the force, an intergalactic war rages on. Jedi scattered across the galaxy trying to survive the Groom Wars for... All those left, one phrase reminds them of hope. May the force be with you always. On the May Fourth edition of this Manscaped sponsorship, you can find strength in Manscaped's tools in the Groom Wars. Be prepared. If you go to Manscaped.com and use the code word Space, you'll get twenty percent off everything in the store. Uh, personally, you know I am an engineer, so I lean towards the tools. There is the. Lawnmower 4.0, there's the Weed Whacker 2.0, and the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, which I highly recommend if you want to join us on the beard journey here in the podcast. But these tools are your lightsabers, and you can find strength in them. Resist the dark side to not groom. Manscaped can bring the balance to the force. Use the code word SPACE at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code word SPACE. This twenty percent off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. May the force be with you, and thanks Manscaped for sponsoring us. Now back to the show. I um, there's so much to break down because I've, I've been following this for a while now. You know, I went to school for this. Um, we were talking a little bit about this before, but you know, I mentioning that this is a small industry. It's so specialized and it's it really attracts the best of the best, but it doesn't have many options for folks who don't rise to the exact top um and this show is like in it completely in that vein that you're trying you're trying to give global access to everyone to be able to compete in this so um and there's so many that have failed like we talked about mars one and these other ones i mean i remember back in the day defending mars one merely because we didn't have anything else at the time you know the shuttle was retired spacex was a hopeful dream for people following it online, but for the industry, they did not want it um, or did didn't think it was possible. Um, and now that it's here today, it, it like how much of SpaceX succeeding has brought you the ability. I mean I think you think you already said it, but like that changed. Yeah. all of this oh, being for, possible.
1: Oh, massive. I mean, look, the the advent of SpaceX and also them being so stratospherically successful, in the engineering part of their business right it's it's wonderful yeah. i mean uh, just watching this we went to see every um, launcher and every manufacturer right so we went to see boeing we went to see um, you know everything that nasa does and all the space centers jpl uh, we saw you know like i think 30 or 40 satellite manufacturers all over the world we've been to many launches right in many many launch pads but the moment we stepped foot into Hawthorne, the SpaceX facility, it was so different, right? The, the you know those those places. Usually they're like laboratories. Yeah people wear hair nets and all this, right? You get into Hawthorne, it's like a welding shop. Yeah. And it, it 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 feels so strong, right? Because you feel the physics there. It's And it. we were yeah, we were yeah. immediately intrigued. We were like, Oh my god, that's this is the thing. And then obviously, right, I mean, look, uh, um, we are around 50, right? That's around 50. Hmm. And um, we were the oldest people in the room. And uh, that was interesting, too, because, you know, it's driven by the energy of uh, curious youth. And that's exactly how the world should move forward, right? And uh, we love the place. We've been there many times now. And um, SpaceX is a wonderful team, Right. And the achievements, you know, they come from, you know, exactly ignoring what everybody else is saying, because, you know, first they, they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win, right? It's like always these uh, three stages, and yes. I guess, when, when Elon started talking about, you know, reusable rockets and stages landing back on Earth, people were like, what the fuck is he talking about? I, but re- then- I
0: was in school having debates with chemical engineering professors about the fact that it wasn't possible. And right. they, it was, it was one of them, it was a mindfuck, honestly, being a student, learning this stuff, seeing people succeed, and then seeing the people that are from the industry saying, you're, you're a crazy kid. Like that. Those are the people that are working at SpaceX. That, that's See? why it's so driven is all those people that were told, no, it can't happen, have a chip on their shoulder. And they're like, we're going to make it happen.
1: And in a way that's our story, because when you tell people about space hero, it's always like, what are you doing? What? And then, you know, you get the really stupid question. It's like, are people even flying to space today? And you're like, yes. Uh, yes. And then, you know, is, isn't it dangerous? Isn't it dangerous? And you're like, no. And, uh, you know, is it? all these things are coming up, right? And then when they get it, it's like, okay, so why hasn't this been done before? And you're like, okay, oh, God. But then, luckily enough, we have a big, 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 massive group of people on this planet that get that, bam, just like that, right? You say one sentence, you say, you know, this is a global competition series where you can win to fly to space. Yeah. And people are like, oh my God, sign me up. You don't even need to yeah, say yeah. more, right?
0: Well, and that's what Mars One did. I think that was the more beautiful thing that it tested the hypothesis to everyone of would you be the first people to go to Mars? And there's so many people who would love to be like the pilgrims that came over here to the US, you know, or any place where they were the first people. That's, that's, History. Look, you know,
1: yeah, and people, you know, if people make the voluntary decision to take part in things that have never happened. We've seen it today. Mm. I mean, we have the Dear Moon mission, right, yep. which we know Starship, you know, is um, needs to be certified first before they can even attempt to do that flight. Right. It's kind, kind of some time away, but Eventually, it will happen, but it's not today. People still apply, right? And so uh, for Space Hero, that means that the applications for something that is very real and that has a mission date will be through the roof. Everybody that would want to be uh, flying to space will apply. We reckon it's going to be between 1 to 2 million people, but some people say it will be 5 to 10 million, right? You don't know. And that's the beauty of this uh, thing is, you know, we will be the first ones doing that, so let's learn everything about
0: well and and you have you guys have such an interesting perspective because engineers and scientists are not great at media. And and NASA being a public government entity makes it more difficult to really push a great media narrative. So um, what you guys are able to do, and what I'm really excited to see what you're doing is you guys are partnered up with some of the biggest mainstream places where you can get this message out there. And I think that's one of the more challenging things for for space events. So do you, do you mind telling us a little bit more about that? And kind of the strategy of, like, how much are you involving the engineers in the production? Are you guys gonna have segments where we're talking to the people making this? I think the inspiration yeah. 4 documentary did a good yeah. job of mixing that in it, please.
1: Totally right. I mean, um I can only address it right to the space industry this is your showcase because uh, you have the chance to say something to a much wider audience than usually and it's not an echo chamber space hero will be taken in by hundreds of millions of people because of the audacity of it right and um, what you highlight and why people are tuning in look we know why the space people are tuning in right because it's space. But why is everybody else tuning in that has nothing to do with that, right? People that don't care about sustainability, people that have a lot of other challenges every day to solve, right? They just want entertainment. The reason why they turn tune in is because they can decide who flies to space next. It is influence, right? And you want to support a candidate that you feel you you can relate to and um, that is also worth supporting. I mean, let's face it, the first space hero is going to be one of the most world-famous people on this planet. Mm. And that is a big task, right, to carry for the rest of your life. Forget about being able to go to the supermarket again or do something selfish. If you just want to have a job and earn money, that's not going to be for you because people will look at you and say, hey, we have sent you to space to give us an honest report of what this experience actually is and means to us, right? and you have to tell that story over and over again basically until you die you need to understand that right and mm. when you have understood that then you're the best ambassador to win this because people will agree that you carry this best mm. and um the media collaborations and partnerships that we have this will be mass media mm. this is mass entertainment this is pop culture mm. but you know what space is culture space has yeah. always been culture even if yeah. it's you know not Occupied by tech and science, then you have space in the gods. You have space in, Mm. you know, what is the philosophical context of our being? You have space in pop culture everywhere, right? The references are vast. I mean, uh, space movies are, you know, the biggest genre in movie theaters. People don't even understand it, but that's the case, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, so it is ingrained in us. It helps us understand who we are. And if we can really turn this into reality, bam people will tune yeah. in and watch
0: this absolutely i am really excited to see where this goes like so tell, tell the folks about the like how are they going to get involved and participate and watch like how how does that work
1: you will uh, not escape it right because uh, when you want to <laughs> it's, it. it's like that right people it. You see how it works these days, right? These days it's like less about appointment viewing uh, rather than sharing clips of things that are happening, right? And that's exactly how we are structuring this too. So the, the, the real thing is building the core community and the core community can only exist of, you know, the applicants, their family, their friends and the fans, okay? Mm-hmm. And when you have that direct group involved, you're instantly looking at a group of 100, 150 million people worldwide. Mm -hmm. And those are just the ones that are directly involved, right? The indirectly involved people that are just watching is even bigger. And um, we have four phases in the project. First is the application phase, which which with us is uh, public. You know, usually when you have casting shows, you know, producers right. receive some applications in the first episode, you're introduced to the finalists, not mm-hmm. with us. We want the 24 finalists that we will find after a six-month process to be world famous already. You're tuning in mm-hmm. to the competition with the 24 finalists because you know and support somebody in that mm-hmm. competition already. And that is a big difference to everything else before. But it's a wonderful game, right? I mean, every mm. day you have the chance to scroll through new candidates and, you know, vote and, you know, move people up. Mm. And and that's exactly how you want it to be. And then when the Champions League basically happens, you already tune in because the people on the field are You're the rested. superstars.
0: Yeah. Yes. yeah.
1: And then the competition happens. And that is the, you know, we call that phase, always the American Idol for space kind of thing. Mm. And uh, except you don't have to sing. And, uh, it's challenge, you know, it's challenges, it's judges, it's mm. behind the scenes, it's, you know, this uh, very nice combination of competition, but also cooperation. Because space ah. is an interesting thing, right? It's yes. not just being physically fit, you also have to have knowledge, yeah. you have to be able to work with people, you have to be able to withstand psychological stress, right, all yeah. these things. And that's an interesting, the interesting, the yeah. ISS. Yeah. makes for interesting uh, uh, television to watch. Plus, additionally, why have you applied? You know, in the West, you know, we have a lot of stuff. And it means that people will mainly apply out of vanity and um, fame reasons. Mm-hmm. In other parts of the world, it's an, it's an existential question to getting, you know, out of your dire circumstances. That's your chance. So mm-hmm. it's a survival reason, right? Yeah. And when you put two groups together like this, bad. You have the conversation the world needs. And we are going to provide that.
0: That's beautiful. And you know, we're seeing the the reality of how privileged we are as Americans with our space program, even and going back to the moon with Artemis. We have the first Canadian astronaut that was chosen, first person of color, the first woman. But there's an energy behind Canada because it's it's their person, and like you're saying, to be able to have all these countries to have their first person, their first representative, uh, be able to go or even have the chance that could be hundreds, if not ever possible for that country.
1: Just a little stat on that you have between uh, Mexico, uh, Brazil, um, Indonesia, Nigeria, India, right? Mm. Just a few astronauts. India's one and only person flying to space was in 1985. So it's two generations away between those countries. You're already talking about 2 billion people. Yeah right? And uh, right. that's exactly the, the the excitement that you want to create. Look, we always say it. Um, we think one of the space heroes will become the president of their country at one point, people laugh. Wow. But then you tell them, yeah. you know, uh, who before Ronald Reagan would have thought that an actor could become president, mm-hmm. and people stop laughing, right? Yeah,
0: it's true. It's true. And uh, I mean, people are looking for a hero more than uh, I think we've had in the last 20 years globally. Um, there's a, very, there's a big lack of them, <laughs> even just leadership in general. So, yeah. um, it's, it's interesting. I think one of the concepts of the show or the thesis of of the show is that, you know, we don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room. Um, like that's not, I'm an engineer, but I don't, I'm not coming to tell you that, oh, that's obvious or yeah, you should know that it's let's f- catch you where you are and, and help you go a little bit further than you already are Um, with the aerospace industry there's an unfortunate and just engineering as a field there's a there is a feeling of I need to be either the smartest person in the room or I won't even get involved because I don't want that energy Um, and I think what you guys can bring from the media's perspective side of things to to tell a story is is an ability that the industry, not that there aren't people in aerospace that can talk like that or tell a story, but it's not their skill set,
1: yeah, it's not translating. Yeah. we when we went we went to like I think five or six conferences and um we were we' were always amazed, right? How small and echo chamber it is because the achievements of the space industry, especially the engineering achievements, everywhere that we're talking uh, on video uh, like this is a space uh, exploration achievement right and so we need to bring this home to more people also we always say that um, you know space is the most inhumane environment that you can develop things for right no oxygen no water A lot of solar radiation and you cannot dispose of waste easily. Which means if you apply this to our planet, all the technologies, right? Mm -hmm. It can only be sustainable without even talking about it. And that's also what we want to hone in on the the show is without talking about it is you apply technology that has been developed for space on Earth. And if you then make this sexy and cool, right? People will just fly onto this without the word climate change even being Mm -hmm. muttered. Right, that's the point. Right, right. It needs don't to even be cool to. Yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be cool stuff, and then people will absolutely switch to that.
0: Is this is this more of a branding problem for space than anything else?
1: Yeah, it is, and uh, we will hopefully promote the rebranding of space mm-hmm. into a you know bigger, wider, mainstream audience, so that it becomes more accepted. You can't rely on government money forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have a unique experience to have that perspective. Um, yeah. What What about the introduction of like the intermediary of SpaceX? How has that changed the dynamic with working like with NASA and folks like that?
1: Uh, a lot, because obviously um, they are pushing the boundaries, you know, from SpaceX's side
0: mm. uh,
1: massively. And um, but I like the the way they push these things because they are confident, and they're they're confident with portfolio because they have demonstrated. Yes what is possible right and Mm. it's basically i mean they're so fast in what they do compared to you know the rest of the industry it's quite remarkable Mm. and uh, we really want to um, uh, support spacex in the way that we are generating becoming a a, a reoccurring revenue customer for them because obviously nasa is paying for a lot of stuff and Space travel still is very expensive, especially on the human side, right? Prices come down on the satellite side permanently, but the human side is still difficult. And so uh, we need to demonstrate that we can do this together and support SpaceX all the way.
0: All right, folks, we take another break on the podcast to talk about our new sponsor, Caldera Lab. And as we live in the age of potential alien abductions, and who knows, if you do meet an alien, you want to put on a good first impression, especially since your dermis, your skin, is your largest organ, that's all we have to go for us, man, you know? So, Caldera Lab offers uh, the full spectrum of skin care that is backed by... Pharmaceutical-grade science, and they're using nature's purest and most potent ingredients. When the aliens observe us, right, first contact, you're face-to-face, they're probably going to analyze what's on your face. And if you're coming in there with a bunch of plastics on there, and, I mean, what does that say about how humanity treats themselves? Put your best face forward and go to Caldera Lab, use code SPACE, and get 20% off of their best products. So I was able to use the Regimen Bundle, which is a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Inside the bundle, you'll see the Clean Slate, the base layer, the good. The Clean Slate's where you start off during the day. You clean your face. I do that in the shower. Then the base layer comes next. It's a nutrient-dense, fortifying moisturizer. Hydrates your skin and absorbs fast. And honestly, you know, I, you know, there's a bunch of guys out there. Look, we all see you. I've been a part of this. You're wearing black that day. You're getting a bunch of flakes going on. You know why? It's because your skin is not being taken care of. So you can also use things like The Good, which is your go-to at night before bed and clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother and puts on the best face for your new alien friend. So be ready for first contact. Be a good human specimen and go to Caldera Lab. Use cohort spakes for 20% off and do it right. Thank you, Caldera Lab. Let's go back to the show. How are the engineering and scientific aspects of space travel going to be incorporated into the show? Are there going to be certain team members that are that are interviewed? Or how, how do you see that going?
1: So obviously, uh, the candidates will have to solve technical challenges, right? That's Mm. one thing, one access point where technology can come in. Uh, Then the second thing is putting the mission together. Because um, let's face it, you know, outside of the media uh, spectacle that this is, it is still a space mission that we are conducting. And that means we have to treat it um, with the seriousness that it deserves because those missions are still rare. And every mission has to count towards the progress of humanity. Being able to fly to space regularly and easily, right? Mm. And so this is the task that we have. So we are putting together, you know, the data set that we can provide. We are putting together the experiments that we can do in the small window that we have. We're putting together uh, the first live stream from space, right? And while this might not be a scientific event, it is important to communicate directly from space while flying or while orbiting, what's happening, right? This will be groundbreaking for many people, and we will make sure that universities, you know, schools, you know, can tune in to really Mm -hmm. pass this experience on firsthand to the people that are creating the future.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I don't know, I mean, again, talking about an infrastructure thing, and you guys have seen the, the sea change, but there's still so much that needs to be done from an infrastructure perspective, um, like communicating in space, there's a lot of that, but to do it reliably and no loss and live streamed is, is a challenge. And I, uh, it's cool that you are bringing this much attention, because then it deserves the investment into the, the abilities to be able to do that, because as soon as I, well, I'm sure you guys will get it down. But if you guys start to live stream, and the connection cuts out, it's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna be <laughs> saying, we gotta fix this.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly it, right? And we are totally aware of that because we already know the the 24 hours schedule of dropping out and not, and where it's gonna occur because we're already working on it actively, wow. right? In the yeah. beginning, we will um, bridge those um, seconds of outing with uh, virtual programming. Mm. So what you will see is a combination Uh, of a a virtually scanned room, 3D scanned room, and then you Mm. replicate the environment in a photoreal sense, right? So that as the audience, you probably might not even realize that there was an outing because uh, the tracking data still gets uh, transported, right? Even through the outages, and uh, that's how you can solve it for now.
0: For now, that's very cool. That's very cool. Um, How, so with your music background... Um, how do you feel about the selection of choosing an intro song or <laughs> like, like developing that kind of production? Like the, you're coordinating the feel of the whole thing. Like how, how much thought have you put into that so far?
1: A lot of thought because <laughs> I lot, yeah. because music is at the heart of what we do, right? And um, I mean we've seen the music industry in all shapes and forms, right because in the 90s it was at its peak and uh, then it went down with the digital interference of Napster. And when you, when you look at blockchain, for example today, if that technology would have existed 25 years ago when Napster arrived, the whole course of the music industry would have taken a different path yeah. right wow. And uh, but it wasn't. so they had they had this dramatic slump. Mm-hmm. Only to reinvent itself, right to be more artist focused and uh, now you have a very good and healthy environment. But um, it's the emotional you know aspect and attachment that you want from the music because mm-hmm. um, uh, we we look at music from from an impact point of, of, of view, right? If we do a global show, there is the chance to introduce the globe to global entertainment. But mm. of course, you know, it's, uh, you know, for anybody, it would be hard to watch something that they cannot relate culturally. Mm. So the only way to do this, you have to combine these things, right? Yeah. And uh, there are global superstars for a reason, because there is a formula of how music is produced. Um, mm. But then if you mix it in with local colors, uh, that's what we want to honor to mm. give it the global message that we have, right? And for sure, there will be one spin off of Space Hero, will be. The first band in space, the first DJ in space, and the first, you know, um, uh, uh, conductor in space, all these things, because we want to find aspects of audiences that, you know, are interested in various aspects of these things. And once you have access to human spaceflight and you can do this, you can do this as often as you want.
0: Yeah. Well, there's, and there's so many, uh, you know, one of the early ideas we came to with the podcast was that that really any job that's here on space or career or whatever, has its place in space in its whole different form, you know, whether, whether you're a plumber to, you know, an artist, there's, you have your terrestrial side, and you have your extraterrestrial side, you know, that in, I think that's dear moon, right? That's essentially what they're trying to do is showcase how do these artists change? Or how does their art change or be influenced by this trip around the moon? um it kind of sounds like every almost like every contestant might end up having their own version of their own theme song for the the local color for the place that's kind of cool
1: yeah for sure i mean it's it's always you know it's a big challenge to look at a global thing because there's no such thing as one global thing right it's Mm. um having a lot of people agree on one thing is is difficult already. But you know, having hundreds of millions of people Mm. agreeing on one thing is even more difficult. But you know, on the other flip side, you have um, the feeling that you can unite many people behind this humongous task Mm. of finding somebody that should represent us, right. Mm. And that's worth exploring, because we all have a mobile phone, but we don't use it for global exercises. It's all nationalized, you know, and, you know, you rarely venture out of these things. And we need to change that because a lot of people are afraid of the future because they have the feeling they're isolated, where there are actually, there's less isolation today than there has ever been before. The connectivity is there. Technically, it's not an issue, right? Mm -hmm. But culturally, we need to start using this and understanding Mm -hmm. it a lot better. And that's what we want to um, revolutionize the thinking on these things. How do you address elections? How do you address you know global challenges? How do you address the national versus the global thing? Right, it needs mm-hmm. reinterpretation. People love the national aspect of their things because it's their culture; they can identify with it, gives them a sense of security. Right. Sure. Everything outside of that is dangerous. Right. And um, but you know yeah. it's actually not. We have a very small, very small planet in a big, big, vast ecosystem that is space and uh, you know as far as i can see there's nobody there to save us yet from the outside so we have to do this ourselves
0: <laughs> i that's a i love that message uh yeah i can relate to that's probably part of my journey as well you know i i grew up in a greek orthodox family that uh came here to the us and you know i understand you know national pride and 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 being greek um and a, the on the opposite side of things the fear of anything that isn't, you know, especially from the orthodox, you know, the original that isn't the what we, we started with. And uh, I'm obviously on a on a different path. Uh But I agree, I think, so many people go into technology and online with their own thought process of what it is, instead of, you know, assumptions. Um And I mean, this podcast, I mean, I'm talking to you today. This is it, this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't taken the journey to say I don't know what I'm doing here. Let me learn from somebody else. Um, do, do you have any, like philosophical or um, you mentioned culture? Are, are there any people that you look to or were influenced by that kind of influences your own take on that?
1: Oh, I think too many to to just talk about them yeah. here <laughs> um I'm an I'm a voracious reader and um I love the fact that although I've never worked as a historian, uh, it helps me understand things a lot better, right and to estimate where things are going And also when you study these things, uh, you train to you know read in a specific way and 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 uh, get information in a, in a specific way but, I guess it's 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 with Einstein, that's where I am, right? Because um, uh, you say with your Greek, or, Greek Orthodox background, right? I grew up in a family that were communists. Mm. And uh, I was a young kid. My grandfather was already a communist. So everybody like staunch believer, right? That uh, things can be a lot better. But then obviously it failed for... Mm. Uh, you know, reasons that were overwhelming people, right? And, uh, you know, the higher consciousness is a hard thing to do. Mm. It requires a lot of discipline. And if you don't get uh, the equivalent back in your real Mm. lifetime, then it's hard to maintain, okay? Uh, It's not a good trade-off. And and especially in the communist or socialist countries behind the Iron Curtain, Mm. they didn't give back. You know, I mean, we we didn't have great food. We couldn't travel, like all this kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, why is this happening? But as a kid, I was already questioning this stuff, right? Yeah. And my my family was not talking to me for a long time, especially after the wall came down, especially when I started to become entrepreneurial and make money. Oh. They were like, what the fuck's going on here, mm-hmm. right? What do we do wrong? But they didn't do anything wrong. It's like, you know, they yeah. um, they they taught me that the belief in one thing is nothing bad. If you believe in a thing, it gives you power, it gives you strength, right? But um you should you shouldn't do it um, uh, to follow a dogma you should do it to understand things better and and get strength mm. right and mm. the einstein thing that i mentioned earlier is you know for me the universe exists and einstein i think uh, at one point said like mm. it's not word for word but sim- uh, similar that you know uh, god is basically the laws of physics mm. all put together and the stuff that we don't understand in between that's the universe and mm-hmm. I totally subscribe to that because obviously you can't explain everything and you know even if you try to be a scientist doing that there will be things that you know you don't understand we don't understand and um but still it all hangs together that's the fundamental uh, existential understand
0: that's beautiful thank you um yeah Einstein is also influenced uh he's such an interesting scientist for an age of chaos. And I think that's where, that's, right. that's, that's where I connect a lot with him now, um, with everything going on. And it's interesting cause, uh, there's a space conundrum that every time there's progress in space, the world seems to be on the downhill. Um, I don't know why that is, but it is there. And for some reason we're repeating it again. Um, what's what's your take on on that kind of idea that i love I,
1: it's a spot on analysis alex and i know exactly what you're <clears throat> referring to you know when rockets flew for the first time it was world war ii and the rockets were developed by werner von braun for the you know german uh, nazis and uh, then when we were trying to go to the moon right it was Vietnam and, you know, everything else shattering Western beliefs in 1968 with the student movements, etc. And now, you know, we're coming back into the, you know, (laughs) one of the biggest conflicts that the world has ever seen is because we are, we are, you know, we are getting from one monopolar world into a bipolar structure again, Mm. right, with power structures moving and shifting. And um, I guess the reason for that is in why space is accelerating those times is because the people that do it, they understand that it is the biggest aspiration and um, source of hope for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's why you push it strongly in especially times like this. When there's peace and everything's fine, you essentially don't need it.
0: Right. And like creativity now, as as yeah. dark as the world has become, it's very, it's been very fruitful. <laughs> but I guess that comes yeah, with the territory. It's not that it,
1: uh, totally, and and you know it's not that dark. I mean, people always say that, and the
0: media, and blah blah blah. Yeah.
1: But you know, ultimately, everything's better than it used to be a hundred years ago or a thousand. I agree. Ago, for
0: sure. You know, it's interesting. I I I agree with that uh, analysis of the world. um But I know that a lot of people believe it, and it's very quantum. You know that you're you you can make your reality miserable if if you believe that it is miserable. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of work that I do for myself, like, um, finding Wim Hof, uh, online and, Mm. and deep breathing exercises to, to manage my anxiety has been, uh, has been tremendous. Um, but it, it, it really does take someone saying that I, you know, I want to make a change. I, I, I don't know. And I, I think that's the more scientific thing, then I know everything. It's, I don't know, but I'm going to find out.
1: And uh, I love that you're saying that because obviously with um, the podcast that you're doing here, you have found a channel Mm. uh, to uh, counter your anxieties, right? Because Mm. you know how you do this is, I don't know enough. I want to know more. I want to hear other people's perspective on these things in an informed conversation. And that will help you as well to learn more and overcome this and gain new energies right to mm. to deal with uh, the anxieties that you have and and you know channeling emotions is a critical thing for anybody right and i see that um, you know generations my kids right 22 24 and 25 and uh, i mean so self-aware right uh, that it's uh, painful for us as older generations because Mm. We we, we, are, we are like brutal compared to them, right? <laughs> and uh, and but the self-awareness, you know, is of course there because there's so much information there, right? Mm. You know a lot more about the world than you know we we have ever known. Mm. and uh, it's hard to deal with this. Of course, you become more sensitive towards things. And I think mm. that's not a bad thing because also the concepts of you and the future uh, coming mm. out of that generation are very interesting. And, you know, they need to figure out how to deal with this, we can help, yeah. we can help by raising the attention and the awareness and we can help also with, you know, the energy that that, that we can channel towards these things. Um, mm. uh, but in general, I love the way you are channeling your anxiety into this thing here. And uh, it's a good way and a productive way of doing this also helping other people because people that are listening, you know, they will take inspiration from that too.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it's been a lot of work. And I have really, honestly, grown a lot uh, just just through this podcast. Uh, and I, you know, for me, it was, the decision to do that was driving an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back to work at the only engineering place that I was able to get to, uh, and listening to podcasts like Joe Rogan and, and others, the People doing it at the beginnings. I had all that time. Music was just on a loop, and I was like, I need something else. Um, and I remember he was always saying, you know, if you think you can do it, do it. And I was one of those people yeah, that took right. that advice. <laughs> so um, it, whatever you think about Joe, but you know, he definitely. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a huge inspiration. And then like Neil deGrasse Tyson putting his foot into the water. So we had a, you know, I mean, no one can replace Carl Sagan, but. To have our own version of a science communicator you know was so you know beneficial and uh, it's funny because now now that i don't want to copy accidentally anything that anyone else is doing in this arena i don't listen to any other science communicators because um, i'm just so worried just like a stand-up comedian i i don't want to like use a joke <laughs> and think it's mine and then i ended up <laughs> stealing it because i heard it from somebody so yeah it's a creatively i mean it's beautiful thing. I used to be a jazz musician, a trumpet player. Ah, Um, ah, Yeah, Yeah, big band pieces like Duke Ellington and um, then also in marching band. So yeah, 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 for music, music for me is um, performing was the thing that I was missing. Uh, And so this is this is that it's very cool.
1: It will probably look uh, I mean, I can't wait for us to meet personally and uh, talk about these things and uh, also you know party in a way uh, that we all deserve it right because mm-hmm. uh, you, you know the space hero journey is not only it's not only a show right that is going to be sterile no it's going to happen
0: mm-hmm. in
1: uh, people's lives right there will be events surrounding these things where people can go to or they can celebrate in a club with us together like from the launch yeah. Until the very first contact will be established from the live stream, right? There will be some time, and what do we do? We are going to party, and then the screens come on, and you have the live connection. And you say hello, world. I mean, that's what you want to do, and uh, <laughs> you know, te- celebration is yeah. is important. It's powerful, right? And yeah. we don't do it often enough because you're weighed no. down by all the news and everything forget all this stuff right it's uh you know you are already creating something wonderful here and something consciously better we are doing the same and so are many many other people on this planet with their lives right and that's what we yeah. want to highlight
0: absolutely i mean we're human beings i think that's the trap that that's and especially the aerospace industry gets into it's definitely technology uh we're humans like we're not robots and i think we uh we can take the data a little too seriously sometimes uh maybe most of the time <laughs> but yeah there's i find myself and i know a lot of my friends that i speak to you know the weather's getting warmer i hope it gets warmer where you are soon uh <laughs> but like the weather's getting warmer people are getting excited i'm seeing people go outside and walk or run at lunch like it's i know a few years ago i think 2021 when for first, people started saying, "I got to get back out." It felt very—you could just feel the human energy like building—and this year, I feel that more than uh, than I've felt in a while. So, an event for us to have fun and be humans, I think, is is awesome. I can't wait for that.
1: <laughs> Let's make it happen, bam!
0: Awesome, absolutely. Uh, Thomas, thank you. We're we're coming up here at the end of our conversation. Uh, thank you so much for for taking the time to share your story and tell us about Space Hero. Hi- Hero. Um, last word, words. Anything people should take away? Any last thoughts on Space Hero? Hit them with it.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a long journey, right? And you can't just build this um, and make it quick. So for everybody that uh, thinks that we have been doing this for a long time, think again. Because every movie that comes out there is in the making for at least you know five to ten years. Mm. And nobody talks about that. What you will see when it pops up on your mobile screen is the end of those five to 10 years and we are in the middle of it.
0: Mm. So
1: I'm looking forward to popping up on your screens with Space Hero, (laughs) that's the next step.
0: Awesome. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Alex. Folks, thank you for joining today in space. Another great episode. Uh, Be well, spread love, spread science, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya.
1: Thank you, Alex, bye.